The following podcast contains adult themes and adult language. Listener discretion advised. And although we joke, if you or someone you know is affected by or a victim of domestic violence, dial 1-800-799-7233 or visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline's website, thehotline.org. It's always the husband, it's always the husband, it's always the husband, I don't keep it. Hey there, everybody. This is Sarah. Hi, this is Megan. And we, you, are listening. We're all listening. To It's Always the Husband podcast. Hopefully you're listening. We are currently doing it. I mean, we're making the podcast, (laughs) Sarah. Jesus Christ. Yep. That's what we're doing. I just ate two tacos and some potato olays from Taco John's. Is Taco John's like everywhere? Are are our listeners? I feel like it is. Tanzania. But not as much as Taco Bell. Potato olays. I don't know. I don't think they do. Because Taco Bell has never had the equivalent of the potato olay. They don't have the, I don't think so, or any Mm. potato. Do they? No. no, that's a shame, and it's an embarrassment for them. It is, I am and a, a shame. I'm a lover of potatoes, and every place I eat should have something. Yeah, you do like potatoes. Potatoes, yeah, yeah, it's my favorite food. You're a good Midwesterner to I have am. potatoes. Yes. Anyway, right. yes. So we have another Patreon. We have good we news. Yeah, we are enjoying all these people joining. If you want to get extra episodes just for you can join our patreon the link is in our show notes or um any link on our social media you can find it and leah krizan i want to say your last name right yeah i don't yeah thank you leah for joining we're so glad to have you we welcome you to our foolishness we are so grateful for you and thank you so much we hope you do not uh, wake up from a drunken stupor and realize, what did I spend this <laughs> money on, these fools? <laughs> these dumb fools. But we appreciate it so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. And enjoy the added content. Right. The special Patreons added content. Get special added content. That are even classier and more dignified yeah. than, than these episodes. Yeah, nary a swear word None. on those for our Patreon. No, they're dignified. Yeah. We are doing um, an episode, a TV show we have not done Never. at all. We haven't touched it because no. we like Date with Dateline so much and they do it so well. They do a perfect But job. I go on a little dumb walk and listen to different podcasts and Dateline mm-hmm. is one of them or Forensic Files I'll mm-hmm. listen to or a million, whatever, a million mm-hmm. others. And I just was, as I was listening to this one, I thought, oh, what in the hell? It just was so weird. This it's is so weird. Gold. Yeah. Really odd. Um, but it has a lot of like, you can have a discussion about it. Like we were a little bit because mm-hmm. there's just some things that are just different and off with this yeah. one in many ways. I told Sarah, I've never felt that way yeah. about how you feel about this a one. Murder. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about it at the end. Right. Right. So there, it just kind of is a different, a different case all around. Yeah. It was a weird episode with the weird comic, <laughs> comic book <laughs> detail or CSI and or funny, yeah, just weird ass shit, man. Yeah. All right. So we covered a Dateline episode called "Comic Book Murder." I don't even know when it was made. I think it's an old repeat from a few years ago. Um, host hosted by Dennis Murphy. Yes. The crime takes place in 1990, which was a great year, just not for the people, no. but a great year for all sorts of stuff. Mm. So mm. movies were really good. So I miss the years when you can actually go to a movie every week and something would actually be really good. And now you have to just wait seven months well, now, for one good movie. And now you can't, you can't go. go to movies because they don't make because them and it doesn't exist anymore. 2020. Um. But Pretty Woman that I saw in the theater 1900 mm. times. I love that movie. So good. And it really is not, I mean, I don't know. People were obsessed with it. And Julia Roberts became like a megastar overnight. She became everyone's fascination. Also, I, it's timeless. 
Yeah, I can. You can watch I it mean, now. Really, you can. We. I made Jamie watch it thirty like, years later, two years and ago. Still, yeah, she's still yeah. beautiful. He's still right. handsome. Like, yeah. Oh, I loved it. I we saw. We went just all the. We went like every weekend and saw it while mm-hmm. it was out all the time. Ghost. I think I saw like three or four mm-hmm. times. That was great. Whoopi Goldberg was great. Misery, I really you liked. You in danger, yeah. girl. Yeah, she was so good in that movie. Yeah. Misery was good when she smashed the shit out of his ankles with a hammer. Um, Home Alone, which doesn't seem like it was the same year as Pretty Woman. It seems like that was, you were a kid, but we weren't. I mean, we were teenagers, so yeah, I don't we know. we were, I guess. Goodfellas, but... I mean, I didn't really. We didn't really watch that in that. the nineties. No, I've seen it since. Is that with Ray Liotta? Was he yes. in that? Yeah, I did see Edward that. Scissorhands. <gasps> Johnny Depp was in that one oh. as well as Anthony Michael Hall was the b- yes. was a bully and one well, Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder. But yeah. he was in Crybaby that year too. So he was kind of in this bigger movie, and then that Crybaby he was, was that in. John Waters. Yes, yeah. I think so. Um, I really liked La Femme Nikita. Did you know? Oh, that was really good. It was, it's like a, it was a remake of another, I think, French movie, but it was pretty good. It had, what's her name? Fonda. Not Jane Jane Fonda, Fonda, but the niece. Bridget. Bridget. Can't. She was in it. Mm-hmm. And then she was trained as an assassin and she then put lot, out. In a lot yeah. of things. She was in a ton of uh-huh. 90s movies. And then she kind of disappeared. Do you what remember the movie Shag? No. Did you ever watch it? I don't think so. Oh my God. My sister and I watched it 24 7. Put it on your list. All right. Bridget Fonda's in it. Um, She was in the single white female, too. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Postcards from the Edge, I thought was good. Carrie Fisher wrote it, and it was just. Meryl Streep. Um, it was actually a good, just kind of weird it. movie. Yeah. Your favorite movie? You cannot stop talking about this movie. You talk about it constantly. You force it on everyone. You buy DVDs for everybody. Ernest goes to jail. (laughs) (laughs) Every party we go to, she's like, hey, everybody, you want to watch Ernest goes to jail? And we say, no. We've seen it so many times. You've made us watch it. God damn it, Megan. Stop it. I thought thought you were going to say Overboard. And then I was like, no, that that wasn't in the 90s. But actually, what I meant to say was Awakenings. Was that (gasps) year? Oh, my God. I know. Stop with it. Stop. I've seen it a billion times. And my secret job, we watch it too. I know. Yeah. Oh, that one you do. I mean, between Ernest and Awakening. Yeah. She was. I know. Robert De Niro, there's nothing better. I know. Oh, shit. Um, But then there were still Dances with Wolves, Kindergarten Cop, Days of Thunder, where Tom met Nicole. Oh, God. Yeah. um, Flatliners, which was the other Julia Roberts, which is like the horror movie where they die and have terrible afterlife dreams or something. I don't know. Mm. Total Recall, Tremors with Kevin Bacon. Yes. Arachnophobia, which was oh, good. Oh, that was um, scary as shit. Oh, my God. That was so creepy. Like, people, I think, in the movie At theater. The even, yes. Ooh. Oh, God. It was. You still, mm-hmm. like, just. Nope. Horrible. Sir. Great. No. But just yeah. horrible. Um, TV shows. Okay. I saw that. I mean, the same, we've done 90s, like with Wings, Fresh Prince, Law and Order. There was an Outsiders TV show that year. Did you know of this? We're based on the I Outsiders. I knew there was yeah. a show, but I never watched it. Then there was another show That's called... Blasphemous. Called Heil, Honey, I'm Home. It was set in 1938, where no. Adolf and Ava live in a no. neighborhood with Jews as their neighbor and chaos ensues. That is a real show. No, it is not. Show. Look up Hail Honey, I'm Home. No. That was a real show. I'm dying. Who and why and oh how? Oh, my God. Where Adolf Hitler lives in the suburbs and has two neighbors and just chaos. Oh, my God. You're not kidding. <laughs> what in the hell was this? It's a British sitcom. <laughs> and it was canceled after one episode. of course who would think to make this i don't know that's so fucked up that is the dumbest and weirdest um the brady's where the brady's were grown up and had i think that was like a two-year show terrible cop rock do you remember where cops sang yes Yes. oh i loved that And Supermarket Sweep, of course, which was a great game show where they just shoved diapers uh-huh. and turkeys in their cart at the end. 
Um, so pretty good. I mean, and more than that. Wow. Yeah. I haven't thought about that. The in... Simpsons started. And so that's, and Saturday Night Live was pretty good. We had like kind of the classic mm-hmm. people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that summer was Days of Our Lives, Cruise of Deception. No. Oh my God. Everybody watched that. And it was the dumbest and the stupidest. They were on that cruise with Stefano. Well, she wasn't. I'm possessed by the I don't know if she was possessed on that one. That's where the cruise ship crashed. The cruise of deception. And they all were on an somewhere on an island. There was a magic show, and Hope Brady disappeared, and then she yes. died, and she left the show. Was that was John Black alive yet? Or? Yeah, I think so. I don't oh. know. I remember it kind of because first he was Roman Brady, yes. right? And then he and came then back. The other Roman Brady came back, and then they realized person. he was a different person pretending to be Roman Brady. Or brainwashed into be Roman Brady. <laughs> wow. Terrible. To be a soap writer, you could just make shit up and it just you don't even care. No. Yeah. Apparently, I'm in my secret job. I'm doing it all wrong because yeah. I'm telling secret people right. to try to make sense. No, you don't have to at all. Nobody has to anymore. It doesn't I matter. Nothing not. matters anymore. Mm. Um. Before we get to music, the Berlin Wall came down. Nelson Mandela was freed. Everyone was buying that piece of shit Furby. Remember that toy? <laughs> yeah. I'm and sure then music. So him. George Michael's Freedom and that record came uh, out, which is fitting because our one of our people in this episode is named Michael George. <laughs> an idiot. So he was always George Michael in school when they yeah, called by his right? last name. Poison had something to believe in. Madonna had her Vogue album. Mariah Carey had Vision of Love. There was going to make you sweat. Yeah, her very first Mariah. Groove is in the heart. You can't touch this. MC Hammer. Hold on. Album Wilson Phillips. Yes. Nothing compares to you by Sinead. Um, more than words. More than yes. All I want to do is make love to you by heart. Oh, that was scandalous. Yes, very scandalous. Please, please understand. Yeah. So weird, too. With another man. And what he couldn't give me. So she just picked up a hitchhiker? That's super gross. I'm sorry, my man has sterile sperm. But I'm just going to do you. This random guy and it, it'll just work like it'll magic. just work out it'll just work out no syphilis or anything make love to you right ish totally no, I don't ish. pass no. <laughs> i've got the power yep. that song was that was in, in the 90s yes yep. getting getting lots of heavy. i mean lots of everything except everything was pretty good except hail honey i'm home hail <laughs> honey i'm home <laughs> Jamie and I, Sarah's husband and I, had great reminiscing of right. 1990 because we both. Then I told him to get enjoyed. fucked yeah. and get out of the room so we could start. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. And I tell my daughter, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get lost. The Humpty Dance, yeah. it's a trance. Do the hump. Ow, ow. That, I, me, thought, I felt was late. Yeah. That was 1990. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is the time frame we're yes, in. Where yeah, this is it. Everybody is fucked. <laughs> Except the music. Except and the music and, the, and you could go and see a good movie. We were having the time of you our lives. You were watching, yeah. Dancing totally. to right. Wilson Phillips exactly. and CNC Music Being so Factory, innocent. Watching Days of Our Lives. Yeah. The Cruise of Deception. Yes. Oh, those were good times. Oh, Michael Hutchins was still alive. Oh, Suicide Blonde was yeah. a song. Gee. In excess. Oh, that's unfortunate. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Real unfortunate. This dateline, again, like I said, I have no idea when it was made, but our crime takes place in July on Friday the 13th, 1990. So summer of 1990 in Detroit or a suburb of Detroit. Yes. 
Den- like I said, Dennis Murphy is hosting. And there's one part where they cut to him and he looked exactly like Clifford Martin Short from the Clifford movies Stop wearing it. the red. Stop it. Red, and it's exactly. He had like rosy cheeks. <laughs> it looked like he was dressed as Clifford. I was going to take a <laughs> screenshot and send it to you and do him side by side. I said, what are they doing? Why does he look like Martin know. Short as Clifford all of a sudden cut in? Anyway. <laughs> it had the whole episode had weird comic detailing. Like they would take the people and yeah. put them into drawing squares. And then you'd try to hear add a little pizzazz. A, you'd hear yeah. a pencil sketching yeah. and drawing out the scenes. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, they're trying to be creative with their cuts or whatever. That's what it's And their B roll. Yeah. yeah. We it involves a comic book store called Comic World. They say it's a mom and pop store. So it was owned by a married couple. Like I said, Michael George, George Michael, and his wife, Barb, that they called her. Friends call her Barb. Mm-hmm. Barb. One day. They were in their low 30s. Yeah, they were very. Yeah. Well, he was just turning 30 yeah. because that night, Friday the 13th, Barb was going to throw <laughs> a party for Michael, a surprise birthday party, which now when you look back, did he know that that was going to happen? that night <laughs> what an unfortunate night for all these events to happen knowing it, all of your friends it, and family are gonna come sure was. It <laughs> so sure we don't know was. if he really realized that he was gonna have a huge surprise party that night at the comic book store for his 30th birthday yeah. and she was 32 she was throwing it for she him. was throwing yes. it for him so all these were going on behind the scenes and what happens is this couple that shopped at comic book stores together a lot Tom I don't and Lenora. Un- yeah. I don't understand the comic book thing I, I get it I'm not really into it I mean I do all that mar- I mean I like the Marvel I get and all that stuff I was never into but you them didn't, you don't read comics no. no I mean you like the Avengers movies but yeah I wouldn't know I'm not comics. into comics like comic people you know there were this was kind of a subculture yes it's I, we, I don't yeah I guess I don't think about frequently. At all, but it must but. be pretty major. Also, our Patreons at certain levels can watch another comic book-based right. um, Santa Jaws. Is a comic book that comes to life. Yes, that's another comic book. And it's Santa Jaws. And it was based on a comic book drawing mm-hmm. that with a magic pen came to life. Magical. And when, you know what? You can end up with a shark with teeth made out of uh broken christmas lights christmas broken christmas lights, lights. You and could. a candy cane sticking out like a narwhal <laughs> out of his head <laughs> unicorn shark anyway to be a patreon you can listen to that yes gem. so do it yeah but these people just like these were just into it books Sorry. so tom and lenora come into the shop because they frequented it often i guess they said they liked the couple well they said they liked bear barb yeah, yeah. so they pick out their comics and wait patiently like Midwesterners do. Mm-hmm. They said sometimes it was a little bit of a wait for someone to come from the back room and check them out. But they were waiting and waiting. And Midwesterners usually will just wait and wait mm-hmm. and wait. We will be nervous. I will at least even ring the bell because you'd think you're being rude to ring the bell. So you sit you and wait. You wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I know. Oh, my God. I wouldn't. I would just wait there forever. You're sometimes... <laughs> Your stories, Sarah. Remember when you tried to go to counseling? Yes. And she wasn't there. And it was my appointment. And I waited. And <laughs> she, I was too scared because I thought, what if someone's having an episode in there? I didn't want to knock on the door. Yeah. Instead of just knocking on the door and being like, are you there? I waited. I'm here. waited she waited, waited and then was texting me the whole time like, fuck this. She forgot about even my counselor. This is <laughs> and I was like, knock on the fucking door. I was no. too nervous. So she just left and didn't get her counseling session in. I mean, come on. Well, she wasn't. She ended up not being there. So you did talk to her yeah. afterwards. Okay. She did forget, but that's okay. <laughs> she did forget. <laughs> I got in another time. So, yes. <laughs> Typical. Oh, Typical for me. Yep. So they wait and wait. And I remember if you remember an airplane where the whole movie of airplane, he was a taxi driver and someone went in the back and he's just waiting the whole movie as the tab is like running on the taxi. (laughs) That's totally what we would do. Just wait. So finally, there were some teens in there as well buying crap. And I guess one of the teens were like, screw this and went to the back room to say, can someone check us out? Very brazen teen. Brazen teen. And found Barb dead on the floor. 
And so the Lenora was a nurse. So she went back there and said that Barb, and that's how she said it, Barb had very blue lips, dilated eyes. She had no pulse. Which then I got freaked out because I'm like, oh, no, her, her eyes, eyes were, were just open. wide open staring. No, thank you. She started CPR. Um really hoping that she could kind of bring her around. She said there was just a small amount of blood. So right. Yeah, they didn't see any not... kind of cause. They thought she just fell backwards right. and hit her head in the storeroom, but she had clearly just kind of been long dead, I think. Mm-hmm. But since they really liked her, that she just tried and tried. And as she was taken in the ambulance to the hospital, she said she was just really, really kind of hoping that she did enough to save her, but nope. Can you nope. please? Say the next line. What did they say about Barb? This is the part. Oh, yeah. Not there yet. Oh. I wasn't there yet. My, not oh, quite. Okay. I was going to go back a little bit. I'll okay, get to there. Because that back. is terrible. It is terrible. It is terrible. Um, Wait, maybe I am Because there. my husband yeah. walked in the room right when that happened. And he just oh, laughed yeah. no, it out is loud. You're yeah. right. I was on the, my wrong part. God damn it. So Dennis does describe Dennis Murphy describes how she was rushed in the ambulance but Barb and brought into the emergency room and Dennis says Uh -uh. um, Barbara George a little heavy but physically fit was a softball player why would you bring up that she was heavy and she wasn't heavy a little heavy but physically fit why would you have to bring that this dead woman was a little heavy why did you have to say that why did that matter i don't why does that matter you called her a fat ass going into the emergency room and she's giant fat ass yeah they had to take a huge crane to bring this fat ass into the emergency room but she did play softball show pictures of her she's not she heavy was not. she was fine she was no. totally normal why did you i remember walking and like almost screaming like why why did you have to mention she was heavy i don't that know had, it doesn't make any sense at all but again this poor woman dead though is further humiliated throughout the whole episode yeah more yeah. and more and more the doctors and nurses really really could not save her because she probably was already long dead we see nurse kehoe i wrote handsome woman <laughs> yeah she was very handsome. handsome woman decided to clean up barb after she was dead they probably tried to put you together yeah, or whatever she said, we try to get them you know when their families see them yeah. we want them to be kind of put together then she notices that barb has a bullet hole in the top <laughs> of her head no one saw this she shot literally at the top of her head a big old bloody bullet hole no one noticed a giant hole in her head i think it wasn't that bloody well yeah but she's a blonde too you think it would bleed more i don't know maybe it didn't but she was shot in literally the tip top of her head so i guess you're not expecting that maybe but my god so now they realize she's been murdered and then dennis says what a pleasant night it should have been yes because meanwhile all the friends and family are showing up to the comic book store to have the surprise party and when they get there they're stunned, the guests, to find out that it's a crime scene and freaking Barb is dead. And they're still like all in the parking lot waiting for the party. So how um, they kind of go back in the history of Michael, who was an avid comic collector. And when you see him, you, re- you want to say, duh. duh. Yeah. He got help from Barb's parents. He quit his job selling insurance. Hint. To open this idiot comic book store in 1988. Um, we see then Barb's brother, Joe, who was his, her little brother. And he talks about how he looked up to her. She was just a great older sister and he's really still, still really mourning. And here's where I have Dennis looks like Clifford. It <laughs> <laughs> totally does. So Barb and Michael show their wedding photos and it's so typical eighties, just the most 80 wedding, 80s wedding you've ever seen in these photos. Joe, the brother, said, well, we're Polish Catholic. And so she was just happy to get married right. and happy to be. She wanted to have a kid, you know, kids and a family. Right. And she just was ha- that was yeah. she was happy with how her life yeah. was, even though she was married to a mega nerd. 
like monster <laughs> mega nerd. Yeah. She didn't seem to notice. No. They did have two children. So meanwhile, Joe, the brother, had a girlfriend named Mary, and they were going together to this birthday party. So they drive up, and the police are stopping them as they get in the parking lot and tell them that, (laughs) you know, made me laugh. Sorry. Um, Where am I? There's been a crime. Yeah, there's been a, yeah. There's cop cars everywhere. She's dead. Yeah. Barb has been attacked or something. They didn't say Barb. They're like, something happened. Oh, yeah. Something happened. Joe was like, I thought it was Mike because nobody hated exactly. Barb. That's like, right. Because I even wrote if some if there was crime scene at my house, people would just assume it was me. Like Sarah, some Sarah must have pissed everybody off, and just someone killed her. No. Yeah. So he right away thinks something happened to Michael. Like it was robbed. Something happened to Michael because no his one sister, hated my yeah, sister. She really had no one had any reason. She had no enemies. No one hated her. She was friendly to everybody. She was really nice. It just was super weird that she was just. A attacked and so this was like 8 p.m 9 p.m people are arriving and when they found her body it was i think a little around six i think mm-hmm. so that it was full-on crime scene police were already in there the body was already gone Bar- barb was gone um and so they're just interviewing people around the mall what did you see we see a detective sergeant named don i couldn't catch his last name um, I didn't have it written down. They said they looked in all the dumpsters for any kind of weapons. They looked all around the surrounding areas. They interviewed shoppers. But we find out at the end they never took fingerprints. They did a shit-ass or job. anything like that. So that was missing. They did nothing important no. to try to solve the crime. Tom and Lenora, the, fir- the guests that were in the store and found Barb and Lenora did the CPR did say they saw something weird right when they were pulling into the parking lot, they see a speeding (laughs) car just peel out of the parking lot and Barb or like Lenora even went like, geez, he's driving fast. That's too fast for a, for a, and then they see a mysterious guy. Tom said he saw a mysterious guy lurking outside the comic book shop. And he says he, he had on too dark a clothes for this time of year. He's the fucking what? fashion police. Yeah, he was wearing too dark a clothes. Excuse like that's me. suspicious. You're Summer wearing is bl- for yeah. white and right. pastel. And he said he had a Greek fisherman's cap on. Who knows that? I had to look up. I was like, like why the they hell keep is this saying that? Yeah. What is a Greek fisherman? So it's cap? July and someone was wearing black clothes and a <laughs> Greek fisherman cap. And Tom just lost his shit. He thought it was so weird. He couldn't even handle it. He mentioned it to the police. Then the weirdest of all, and I'm so surprised this went anywhere, is some doucher saw a hooded, a man in a hooded sweatshirt with a thick beard and then said it looked more like a fake beard, like it was a woman in a beard. <laughs> so this poor guy in a beard is going shopping and now he's plastered all over as a woman in a beard. <laughs> Why is a woman wearing a beard shopping around a strip mall? Or it was a woman practicing for her transition and was like trying to see how it was going it wasn't going well and according people, to this yes. <laughs> poor thing either way so then she got a mugshot plastered all over and on dateline then dennis kept calling her the bearded lady the bearded lady this was not a bearded lady oh my god Detectives finally take a look at the crime scene. Barbara was found in the back room, so where they store everything. There was literally no cash stolen. There was tons Mm-mm. of cash. She had $400 in her pants. Why? Was, yeah, I don't know. There was tons of cash in the cash register. Um, They had very expensive comics. Right. And they show a police officer in the B-roll. He's kind of looking in the crime scene, opening a closet. He was wearing the tightest stonewashed jeans <laughs> 1990 had a white t-shirt on and his gun just sticking in his belt like from like uh from what am i trying to think of uh what's his name <laughs> uh, that terrible see my how my brain works he has a beard now he was handsome he was in the cop movies he has a beard mel now. gibson my god sorry oh, i can't think no, mel a, gibson like, from the Le- Le- lethal weapon. Lethal That's what I was weapon. Thinking. God, yeah. I couldn't think of it either. But I knew what you're saying. I was thinking yeah. that. My brain doesn't work. So it was but like, all I could think of was Danny but, Glover. Yeah, he always wore his like 
he would put his gun mm-hmm. in his yeah. waistband so that it would go off and shoot off your bits. But that's what I thought of. <laughs> exactly. Barb had on good jewelry. There were a few storage bins toppled over, but then people weren't sure if it was from the EMTs toppling them over or were they like that? They really didn't even care to figure that out. But it clearly was not a robbery. Right. If she had that much money and no one had touched the cash register, no one had taken the expensive comics. Like, no, come on. It said there was a first shot that missed Barb and it went right into a swimsuit calendar. So they show, they zoom in slowly on the swimsuit calendar. You do not have a swimsuit calendar. Having you a biggins, a yeah, man. You have a swimsuit calendar of just biggins, giant women in can, giant cans, dogs on the wall. in swimsuits, maybe, maybe not a biggins on the wall. So these Dateline makes sure to do a forty-second zoom. Of in. course they do. Then Barb must have knelt to avoid the shot, and then got shot right in the top of her head, <laughs> right in the top. Like, geez, oh. Michael does come in finally and they start interviewing him and they tell him, they don't say that she's dead. They just said your wife's been involved in an accident. Sorry to tell you that she's been hurt. She's at the hospital. We have a a cop here. He will drive you to the hospital. So he goes to the hospital and this is where Mary, the girlfriend of Joe, Barb's brother, are still at the hospital. Mary said she's crying. She's shocked. She really doesn't even know Barb, but she was super upset. But then Michael is just really acting kind of weird. No emotion. He's really not really seemed to be bothered. They said he just wasn't that sad. No. Is what they said. They show Michael a picture of Michael from his wedding. All right, I wrote straight up pedophile. <laughs> he had molester glasses. So if there was a yeah. glasses, a, like a glasses section of your eye doctor, it would be straight up molester. Mm-hmm. And you would go and like, these would be the most molester glasses you could find. That's what Maybe he was wearing. Ten. Yeah. Yes. And then he had a foul porn stash. Yeah, he looked he so gross, not attractive. And then he had the... 80s feathered hair that was so unattractive comic books just gross and when we see him later like he wore his shorts up to his tits yeah i mean really literally up to his tits just gross oh but michael again they said no tears no crying odd behaviors he went back to the crime scene with the police and the only thing he could say is that it looked like two boxes were from the back room were gone and he said there probably was expensive comics in there and the comics were worth twelve thousand dollars well also when you looked at the pictures from the back room there were white boxes everywhere so stacks of white boxes just boxes everywhere like how i don't know how you would know yeah I, i don't i think he didn't even know so he thinks those were robbed so Michael George did file an insurance claim what? for vintage. What? What did he file? An insurance claim, but not for her. He filed them. He did eventually have one on her. Yeah, we'll find yeah. out. But he filed them for the comics. Right. Right. That's what he did first. For $12,600. Yes. Now, Michael's story is that he was with Barb at the comic store until four. And at four, he took their daughters that often were at the store with them to his mom's house and he just stayed at his mom's house and napped on her couch until he came back to the store at 8 p.m. And that's when he saw all the police. So that's his story. Michael was asked by the police, do you have any girlfriends? He said, no. Are you been having affairs? He said, no. Were there any problems in your marriage? He went, no. At the funeral, Mary said Michael was wearing blind Stevie Wonder glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they were pretty dark. So he got the molester style sunglasses. <laughs> Mary should oh my be God. on this podcast with us. And then he was acting goofy. <laughs> she said goofy. He was acting goofy with his blind like Stevie a Wonder screwball. glasses. A screwball. That's goof. Said, yeah. After the funeral, they went to the trailer park <laughs> home where they lived. Okay. <laughs> Michael walks in and starts hugging the appliances. <laughs> So he is with Joe and Mary and Mary says he's hugging the vacuum. vacuum. And then as we can tell, he is a bitch boy 
and cries Mm -hmm. weird fake crying over the vacuum, hugs the blender. And she said he was showing more emotion for the appliances than he did for his dead wife. Crying over him like, Barb will never clean and use a vacuum again. Yeah, you're right, bitch. Barb will never blend and use a blender again. Make your own fucking food. Vacuum yourself, dick. It's a trailer. It's going to be quick. (laughs) My God. (laughs) He, she knew right away looking at him. She said, this was all fake emotion. There was no tears. Yeah, said, he was just being no a super tears. weird yep. fucker. There really were no forensics found, but I don't feel like they looked They didn't real even hard. try. They didn't yeah. do any fingerprints. There was no nothing. vacuuming up fibers, no fingerprints on the doors, no anything. No. Two days later, uh, the police start getting phone calls from just friends and family saying to check out renee the assistant at the comic book store barb they were a little cozy right barb had met renee at her kid's school and then asked renee to work at the comic store because renee was divorced with five kids and no job so barb wanted to help her and then renee starts porking this goddamn nerd michael george (laughs) jeez Why, why did i write down the word shockeroo did somebody Maybe say? because he had a girlfriend. Oh, a oh yeah. yeah. I think someone somebody did say shockeroo. One of the cops said a shockeroo. Canoodling and yeah. shockeroo. Renee had literally just gotten divorced three weeks before Bob died. And she was free and ready to go, which was another kind of motive. Yeah. When you think about it. Joe and Mary also said once after Barb died, right after the funeral, they walked into the comic book store and Michael and Renee were pretty much just flirting and touching Making and being out, fucking yeah. gross. Right away, Michael, the day after we learn the funeral. Day after the funeral. Cashes in no. the life insurance what? on Barb. No. Yep. And he and Renee buy a giant home and Excuse move away. Me. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Um, are you Michael? I'm Michael George, known in school as George <laughs> Michael. <laughs> um, do you own a comic book business? I sure do. Um, are you a nerd? Oh, my God. Do you see my pants are pulled up to my tits? <laughs> do you have a girlfriend? Well, yeah. Does she have too many children? She has, I think, 1,900 children. Is your wife a little on the heavy side? My wife is a fat ass. Yes. <laughs> did you shoot your wife in the head? Um. Yes, I did uh, miss and hit my copy of Biggins. Oh, and then sir. she fell down, and I shot her in the tap of the head. You're you're approved. You have just oh, I'm appreciative. Yep, yep. Um, yes. So he uses this money to move away to like a different state. It's like 400 miles away. Buys a home Windber. for seven children, seven, and then opens up a comic world in his new town. Yep. Huge doucher. Police were very suspicious of him because of his odd behaviors and the fact that he's a fucking nerd and he has the insurance. He was really the only one who would have done it. They're thinking because nobody wanted to kill Barb and no one robbed anything. His wife is dead. And the first thing he does is get $12,000 for comic books that are missing. Yes. And then a week later it gets 130,000. That's a lot of money. And totally moves away. Yeah. Yeah. And is gone with this woman. They call him into the police station. They get really nothing out of him. He lawyers up right away. He starts talking, stops talking. Um, and that's it. It goes they cold. Forget yeah. about it. Yep. They He's just move gone on. In another town. He's coaching right. um, basketball and just living the high right. life. Being a good citizen yeah. in that town. People Everyone's, said he's yeah. super fun. Yeah. He looked fun. Right. Real fun. Meanwhile, he's severed all ties with Barb's family. They never really saw the two girls. Mm-hmm. He, they just were gone. The family, of course, is incredibly suspicious knowing he did it and they're really upset they're really angry with him even her brother talked about thinking about taking the law into his old hands but he said i'm a i'm a catholic Catholic. i can't do that but in 2000 so 10 years later the chief of the the chief of police robert smith dies and it was always kind of a a bummer that he never solved barb this was like his one case that he he would drive past with his son. He would drive past the house right. or drive past the comics world and say like, Ugh, 
Never I really got wish I one. got this one. Yeah. So Eric Smith, his son, who I said wrote super cute. He seemed really competent. He seemed to have a lot of really empathy. Really smart. Yeah. Really smart. Just so unusual to see it was competent, well, in smart, this one, it cute was, people. Yeah. yeah. We are not used to that on the forensic no, files. No. No. They look like Herman Monster. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> or the one, the trial prosecutor. We'll Although the to. lawyer, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. the lawyer coming up had some issues. He finally creates a cold case squad, and one of the very first cases covered is Barb's case because of his dad. So they reopen the case, they tell the family, and the lead detective's name, Greg Keith. Keith. Greg plus Keith. But I wrote, he was also very handsome, which I'm not used to seeing. Yeah. Not heed from last week or weird. But then Greg there's some Keith's, other. Greg Keith's um, mantra was, you don't shoot, you don't score. Right. That's what he said That's several true. times. Yeah. yeah. Greg Keith. Yeah. But he was handsome. He had two workers that weren't as handsome. I wrote trapezoid stash mm. on Lenny Rico. <laughs> His mustache was a trapezoid. And Jimmy Hall. But they, their names were Jimmy and Lenny. Yeah, and Jimmy and Lenny and Greg Keith. Together, they worked the beat. They look through all of the evidence and, of course, find a huge clue that was overlooked. Of so course. So this is 17 years later, right. by the way. We're in 2007 now. Right. So Mike Rinald was a comic book super nerd that the day, Friday the 13th, he realized that... He had a question on one of his comic books, so he called the shop, and he believes that it was called at like 5.30, and he says 100% Michael George answered because he talked to him a million times. He was always in this comic book store. He was a super comic nerd. At least once a week, he right. loved Spider-Man. Right. That so he thing. knew it was Michael's voice, so he asked Michael about one of his Spider-Man magazines. And he said, Michael was acting really weird, really short. Right. Cause usually they would talk a bit. Um, and he kind of just thought it was weird. But then right. when he learned that this murder took place, he called the police and told him right away. Like I called in the shop. I talked to Michael. If that makes any difference, it was around five 30. I knew for sure it was him, which blows to shit. Michael George's alibi of being at home with, at his mom since four in a nap. So if he was at the store at five thirty, then he was there when she died. He was the only one in the store that puts him in the store. So this is a hugely important clue that literally was never followed followed up with in 1990. They never looked at phone logs. They didn't look at Michael George's house logs. They never looked at the store logs. Now they're gone. They don't exist today. Right. They can't get it. So there's no proof that that call actually happened, except Mike Renaud's word, who also then had a freak swimming pool accident and was paralyzed from the waist down. And I figured, like, that's a story on its own. What happened there? I couldn't figure out why that happened i must have missed like no they never said anything about it they just said oh and by the way he's in a wheelchair because he had a freak swimming pool accident I'm like, see what? i didn't hear i was like why is he in a wheelchair yeah. now i didn't get it no, okay had, that's all they said swimming pool accident. Okay. detectives then decide they're gonna go visit michael george and he now lives in pennsylvania they're gonna ambush the right. shit out of him they did a three-pronged attack here. Mm-hmm. So this, again, like she said, is 17 years later. They're going to go to Michael George's new store. One Jimmy team. and Lenny. Yeah. Another team goes to Renee at their house with their 1,400 kids. Yeah. And then another team goes to Michael's mom's house yeah. in Michigan. And they all go at the literally the same yeah. time. And when they go in to interview Michael, one of the cops turns on his tape recorder. <laughs> tape. Yeah, tape recorder and his He's wearing a big, mm-hmm. giant square in his shirt and uh, jacket. Sir? sir, don't be alarmed. This is just my pacemaker. <laughs> it's clicking. Just ignore it. Do not acknowledge the giant square coming out of my chest. Light. Yeah, please. They said immediately Michael looked at them, was very nervous, pale, making no eye contact, unemotional. He looked sick. Just Lost guilty as all shit. All the blood ran out of his face. They kind of joke with Dennis that right away he's not, you know, they say we're reopening your wife, your dead wife's case. He doesn't ask anything like, oh, did you catch somebody? Do you have no evidence? What happened? What's the latest? And he's asking none of that that a normal person right. would ask. He really doesn't say anything. 
And he says he really doesn't remember much at all, which is odd because your wife was murdered in How one of your stores. How do you not stores. remember? You should remember everything. The day your wife was murdered. Exactly. But he does give totally different answers this time. He comes up with it. He said some, it was shooting her was revenge against him, but he never says for what? Because you sold someone a fake right. Spider-Man? Because you're such a fucking nerd and they didn't want to look at you. So they shot your wife. That doesn't make any sense. What kind of a trouble does a fucking nerd get into? None. <laughs> You spot out all of the tits high shorts and the other tits high shorts words were mad at you from Montgomery Wards and they came to shoot your wife. You bought the last of the tits high shorts and khakis. The pleated khakis. Oh, he does say, yeah, I had an affair. And he said his marriage was rocky. Completely different answers from the first time. So he was lying. They realized the first time they interviewed him, they start talking about the comics and asking yeah. more details about that. And then Michael's just loses his shit. So it's pretty much get out. I'm going to get a lawyer. If you come again, they're like, whatever bitch. And they, they were leave. trying to yeah. insinuate that it was an inside job. Right. Like, if you're saying that someone was trying to rob you and you're saying that these boxes were gone from the back room, somebody had to know right. that the boxes were in the back room. Because what would you know were in them and where they were? Right. And so then he got super pissed off. So you're saying I'm lying. Yeah, you know, you're like, saying uh, I committed no, insurance but yeah. fraud. Yeah. Because remember, he got $12,600 right. for the fake missing right. comics. Ugh. They arrest him the next day. They're done with his shit. They arrest him the next day. And there really is no forensic evidence except that he's a dick and he lied that's pretty much it and he cried he he cried scream so much, cried guys. scream cried all the way out like again shorts yanked to his tits this hideous striped shirt he has totally disheveled hair yeah his this hair was absolutely terrible. offensive mustache he's just bitch crying and screaming like this man is a complete fool <laughs> yeah. a total idiot Oh, my God. So then the, his first trial begins and we see the back trial in Michi- in back Michigan? in Michigan. He's yeah. brought back. The trial prosecutor's name is Steve Kaplan. I had to pause because I was so shocked by this man's appearance. First off, I wrote a, he has a Hitler mustache. Yeah. So but why maybe it was just popular because of Heil Hitler? But I'm this your is two thousand seven. Oh, whoops, so many yeah. years after. That's right. It was Heil, seventeen years. Honey, I'm home. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it wasn't Heil Hitler. I'm your neighbor. <laughs> Heil Hitler, I'm your neighbor. <laughs> Who sat and decided let's have a show with Hitler and Ava Braun, and their neighbors are Jewish, and they just don't get along? I don't know. But it actually made it to a pilot. I can't. I can't. Who so, made those decisions? I don't know. British people. Can you please fill us in? Oof. Steve Kaplan, again, so he has an extreme Hitler stash. It's a little wider with the trapezoid bottom that seems to be in with these men. Mm-hmm. But, it, but Hitler is the first thing you think of when you look at this man. And then his... I had to show Jamie and Jamie said, it's like Ron Jeremy hair, except the toupee is four inches off center in a skew. <laughs> and I said, yes. So he has Ron Jeremy's hair with a terrible toupee that's sliding b- towards the back of his head, like totally yeah. askew falling off. Yep. It's like a seventies type shaggy do with a Hitler stash with, but the toupee is sliding off the back. So this is what this man looks like. Very offensive to the eyes. <laughs> but he's fighting the good fight. He's he trying. Was. That's right. Sarah. He knew that there was no forensic evidence, but he still felt like he believed that uh Michael George did it and they did have their star witness. It all was around Mike, Mike Renaud. Then when he kind of says prosecution rests, the defense gets up and they try to do a directed verdict. So that's where they just said, there's not enough evidence. We need to throw out this case. So you, they say usually it takes 15 minutes for a judge to decide the or judge. It just happens right then. Right the then like, immediately. No. But this judge took five hours. So did he go have a huge constipated shit or was, do you think he really thinking about this one? Um, 
or both. I mean, he might have had a nervous stomach because of the decision and right. then had diarrhea right. because of that. <laughs> um, then maybe he needed a snack. Right. Uh, For his blood sugar to be yeah. so low. Because it's I mean, diarrhea. He probably did a lot of things in those five hours. Yeah. Maybe took a nap in his chambers. Maybe yeah. I don't know. But then... Uh, he decided to come back, and he did indeed side with the prosecution. He said, "Yeah, let's prosecute." And him. he said, "You know, yep. this was hard. This was a hard decision." And I thought it too. I was actually surprised because I just, right from the get go, I'm like, they have nothing on this guy. They have no evidence except nothing. this one witness. Besides a phone call from 17 years ago and a guy who 17 years ago said i called at 5 30 right and he answered. that was like that's all it. they had that was really all they, they had no fingerprints they but that's no all gun. they said at they dateline no, so i don't yeah. know if they had anything else but they had no forensic evidence no, at all nothing they did which th- is why this was not on forensic files right because there is no forensic no nothing. michael george's mother goes on the stand and you can almost kind of tell she almost is looking like you're fucking kidding you that you actually believe my story that he really I mean, was on my couch. She totally looked like she lied. She looked like she was lying when they super were like, bad and just like almost there? like going to yeah. laugh about it. She, she was like, like uh, yeah. yeah, he was on um, my couch. She looked like a huge liar. Mm-hmm. That was a, like totally terrible to put her on. She did. And then, of course, Michael is acting like a weird doucher, talking to himself praying, the whole time, praying prayers. to himself, like really get fucked. <laughs> just go fuck yourself the jury comes back pretty quick and says first yet yeah, guilty first degree murder he of course scream cries so bad that he is like f- falling on his fainting couch yes he is like it falling down dramatic crying w- writhing all over Going crying. Like, <laughs> i can't yeah. believe it i yeah. can't believe it <laughs> Like, had to be carried to the judge. (laughs) And it just looked like a hideous butthole. While Barb's family is totally relieved, they knew all along. Um, But of course, Barb's daughters are siding with their dad. And And they're they're losing another parent. Right. Yeah, they're totally loyal. And they don't really realize that he's a dick. Now, I'm going to say. Usually I'm never like this. Like I listen to other podcasts where sometimes they play devil's advocate and are like, well, they, that wasn't really enough evidence. But I honestly, I do. I think he did it. Yeah. But th- this first time I was like, I don't think I could have said guilty. And I wrote the jury said they had absolutely no doubt that he was guilty. Yeah, and that was so what were they hearing? I don't know. I mean, because it's true. They had there was not enough evidence. I'm surprised they could even bring it to trial. If it was just one phone call, they would know that's not enough. There must have been something else that they're not saying. And the fact that the judge almost dismissed right. the case was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, I know. I feel But he's you. such a wiener that maybe they just thought, of yeah, course he I did it. I don't know. Six months later, the defense attorney's appeal and he does get a new trial. Right. So trial number two, there's two new prosecutors, Steve Fox, who they show on his B-roll driving up on a motorcycle, yep. and Bill Gataldo, who's in a rock band, just rocking it with long gray Holy hair. Holy shit. Looks like yeah, an old was. hippie. Three years later now, in this bitch, Michael George, George Michael, says that he had a vitamin B12 deficiency which causes him to be in a wheelchair now. Everyone's in a Excuse fucking wheelchair me. in this episode. Yeah. But Harvey Weinstein pulled the wheelchair. Yep. Bill Cosby pulled the cripple, whatever yep. act. Michael Jackson was crazy yep. as hell and wore his pajamas. Yep. Uh, East Area Rapist was in a wheelchair. Oh, and that yes, bitch of could course walk. He was. Yeah, he could. They tried this act all the time. So he fucking is in a wheelchair because he's saying in jail... He didn't. He's ha- he, he has didn't get enough B twelve. Who gets B twelve? Nobody. I don't drink water for weeks at a time. Why? I'm not in a wheelchair. What's wrong with people? I can barely put one foot in front of the other on a daily basis, and I don't have a fucking wheelchair. Oh my god! I wish I want my sanitarium Extreme wheelchair. Depression, but still, I did. I drew a picture on my notes of your sanitarium. Yes, my san- my wicker sanitarium yep. wheelchair. Oh, someday. Because that's what he was in. I know. Now here again, what, we have a new judge, Judge Mary, and she's not taking any bullshit. No, nope. 
they do try to pull the throw out the case again and she in like two seconds says nah like nope we're we're prosecuting him they decide now they really have a lot more witnesses this time the prosecution they really go into his motive that he was just a creepy douche that he wanted the insurance money he was having affairs he was completely abusive to her they say again that she was fat overweight that he wanted overweight he wanted to get rid of his fat wife they say his overweight wife he had an ugly wife he had a fat overweight wife he had an affair because of his fat ass overweight wife ladies and gentlemen over and over and this woman was not she was not fat. she was completely normal nor attractive woman unattractive i have no idea why she's being torn to shreds like this can we call a fat ass overweight wife that was so ugly her husband had to kill her because she was so ugly yeah what is going on i don't know it was bizarre this poor woman i mean they're pretty much like look at this hideous pig of course he killed her of course he had affairs so he's guilty because he was married to this hideous fat ass wife we deserve to be dead years ago oh my god for sure they have Teresa, a new customer. Or I mean, a customer that was in there the week before. She goes Again, in. She's a regular. Like, they're yeah. a weird regular. Yes, I don't understand this world. Shots. And all these people that go in weekly. What is going on? And what is this world? I guess it's like maybe. I'm intrigued, I but I'm not. buy things on Amazon yeah, daily. I guess. It is a, like a you said, a culture or something. Yeah. She comments, oh, your girls are so cute because the whole family was in the store together. So Michael responds with Babe standing right next to him. He says to her, if it wasn't for these girls, I would leave my fat wife. Oh, my God. And Teresa is horrified because Barb is standing right there. Her eyes are like, "Mm -hmm." yeah. Then she says at Barb's funeral, Michael turned to Ed Post like <laughs> and hits on her and gives her an inappropriate hug. So he's Hi, turning all I'm into Michael Ed. George. Yeah. I'm, Michael, I'm George. Michael George. You want to go out on a date? I'm and then going. gives her an inappropriate hug. So that means he had a boner or something. Mm, I don't know. She yeah, felt she... a boner at the funeral. Yeah. So he Ed Post it up. And then a week later, she goes back into the comic store. Why? 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 This guy is a creep. He gives her a note, like slides a note to her that says, you look very, very pretty. And she kept it all these years because it was creepy as shit. You look very, very pretty today. Thanks for coming in from Michael George. (laughs) (laughs) They said on the show, capital T, trouble. (laughs) Capital D, douche. Yeah. (laughs) For their like one liner Weird yes but yeah. okay that i was like that's gross that's yeah. creepy okay that adds to his dis- and this guy is a huge fucking nerd Hugh and nerds are not bad i'm a nerd but this nerd was a bad nerd he, well yeah he was evil he but wanted just like a divorce a, yeah yes barb the funeral too this lady said that he yelled across the funeral parlor mom did you call the insurance company (laughs) during the funeral so that was her friend kathy that testified she she heard him yell that at the funeral and that he filed for the insurance the day after the funeral the payout they also said he was once an insurance broker right that's what he did before they opened the weird ass comic book and then there was kim who worked at the nail salon like next door and constantly always heard them scream fighting and she said on friday the 13th the day she died she said it was a terrible violent fight all around the time that she died um talks cops come in they talk about michael's weird behavior at the scene before he they're really even telling him anything michael says oh did something fall on her in the back room that's before they even told her where she was found what had happened he comments that she was in the back room they just said your wife's been injured she's at the hospital and so he asked the cop in the car on the way there yeah Huh, something must have fell on her in the back room. And the cop took note of that because yeah. they knew that they had not told him and they purposely didn't tell him anything. Right. And he's already saying, oh, 
he knew she was right then. Yeah. It's like thinking, they had a plan to, to try to catch him like that, but then they didn't fucking like sh- do anything. Do look for gun residue no. or anything. Of course hell? not. What he would have had it all over his hands, all over his clothes. Oh, they're so dumb. I can't. Oh. This is also where they talk about the locked door, the back to the yes. back room. Right. Right. And then they're like, is there an accomplice? Is there not? Did he, you know, but they never took prints on the back door. We don't know if anyone used the back door. Because when they found Barb on the yeah. floor, the back door was locked from the outside. So they were saying yeah. that if the killer ran from the back door, which he had to have because right. there were customers in the front yes. who never saw anybody run right. out. There were those teenagers yes. and then that couple. Um, who said, no, I never saw anyone run out the front door. Right. Um, that it had to be an inside job. Again, right. because whoever left through the back door had to have keys yes. because it was locked. And he's the only one that did. Mike Renaud in the wheelchair testifies again. So they talk, they really tried to put up that before the accident when he was going to the shop, he was in college. He did really well in college. He was working two jobs. He was married. He had two daughters. They then, asked him, what, what did you graduate with? Did you do well? He's like, I graduated magna cum laude. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Or just cum laude. What yeah, was who's it? one of them? He was the middle one. Whatever. There's three. Yeah. Then the defense um, comes and tries to rip him to shreds, saying that he's a pot smoker. <laughs> so they wrote this stuff. They said... Did you drink and smoke pot on the weekends in 1990? And he said, I was in college. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like, duh. All, all of us would be like, mm, well, I yeah. The fifth. And so they pretty much said since he was a pot smoker, he just he wouldn't be able to know he called somebody. Could you? Yeah. And they were like, this happened on a Friday night. And you said that as a college yeah. student, you partied on the weekend. And Friday is a weekend. And they were like making this long connected argument so you must have just been you could have been smoking pot because right. it was friday and a weekend and you were in college and he was like yeah so yeah, he's like um, okay maybe i don't know they did not put janet george the mom on again because they knew what a fucking freak she was the first time but they didn't say that on dateline they just said they didn't do it because they said she was a wild card she, which they're assuming because she was a yeah. fucking it looked so obvious they she was said lying. she was having like me- memory Memories. problems because she was so old by then but. so they had her answer questions and some lady read them verbatim oh my god Dumb. but then of course you couldn't see what her face did the first right. time she said she looked totally like was she was on making the couch? up the lies yeah, yeah. He was on the oh couch. yeah her face gave yeah. her away so bad totally they try to bring back the bearded lady, the woman in the beard, the guy in the beard, the guy with the dark clothes, the Greek sailor's cap, saying all of these people could have done it. The thin guy with right. the womanly hips. Oh, my God. They do not put Michael on the stand, which is, I think, good because he's such a weirdo. He would have given off super weird vibes. I think they knew that. And the prosecutors pretty much said he didn't go on the stand because he's such a bitch. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. The jury, what I wrote. The jury didn't like that, no, though. I wrote an unattractive bunch. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. They were an unattractive bunch. They really wanted to hear from him. But it would have, I mean, they would have seen he's a disaster. I mean, rarely do you take the stand in your right. own defense. No. Like, that's just because not you a just, thing yeah, to do. Especially when the, you're, they know you're guilty. Especially They're never going to put you up there. Right. But these jurors really said, like, why didn't he go Right. And wheel, they, why didn't he wheel himself up to the box? Right. And they didn't even see the mother with his vitamin deficiency. They didn't believe the mother. Yeah. They really, really believed Mike Renaud. They believed his yeah, story. They, they thought he was really, even though he was a pot smoking fiend, <laughs> they thought he was really believable as the first jury did. They just believed him. And then mm-hmm. it is if Mike was in the store at that time and that's when she died, he did it. They just, that's what that was in their heads. Yes. They did struggle with it though for three days which is a long time for a jury so they really did think about it but they came back guilty again he didn't cry as much this time but then six weeks later he comes back i wrote gray old lesbian hair his hair was a lesbian wig 
And that's offensive to lesbians, I understand. But an older lesbian, you know, the kind of gray swept to the side. It, but it didn't make sense with how he looked at the trial. He looked completely different. Two weeks before. Something was completely wrong Why with how he, he looked. Why was he wearing a wig? He was still in his wheelchair and then was crying again. I mean, just complete buffoon, looking like a fool, just mumbling nonsense, crying. And then he got put away, I think, for life. Did he? But again, I don't think they had enough evidence. But it was all witness. Yeah. Witness statements. Do I think he did it? Yeah. But yeah, it's a tough one. It was a really tough one. It would be tough to be a juror on that case. That would be really difficult. You just have to really go with your gut feeling almost on what these people are telling you because you're getting two different stories. You got to believe which one you trust. But then he was such a. F- I mean, gross they didn't pig. convict OJ, and that to me was like a home run. <laughs> yes. But they I don't know. They're people. I don't know. It's just it's so hard. It's a toss up because they're just regular people. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Man. the fact that he said, I'm in a wheelchair because I didn't get enough B12. Right away, minute one, they said, done. I they were him. pissed about that. Yeah. This guy is weird. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a fake ploy. Do you actually lose the will to walk? I don't know. When you have a, bi- a vitamin deficiency? I feel like you can eat fruit. Why wasn't he taking some supplements then i don't know what do they give you in prison i I don't know but i i feel like if you are losing the ability to walk they would give you a vitamin i think so i i I don't know fear that this what a wiener he was a wiener. so this one was so it was just so weird because this guy was so weird they kept calling the wife the dead wife a fat ass 1900 times throughout the episode talking about a bearded lady everybody looked like hitler with their trapezoid hitler stash the gray terrible the gray long-haired prosecutor had the weirdest glasses i've ever seen they weren't hot glasses they were like they were super tiny, weird. Tiny dollhouse baby glasses. Everybody was weird. Everybody was weird and everybody was somewhat Except unattractive. Except the son of the first Yeah, he was cop. super cute. Was Eric that Smith was, was cute. Yep. And Greg Keith was kind of cute. <laughs> but his name's Greg Keith, so you can go nowhere with no, it. It's better than yeah. Keith Mayo, I guess. Yeah. Keith <laughs> Mayo is a terrible name. <laughs> he oh anyway that is our episode he did this guy though did want to get divorced he sure Beer did. didn't so she should have overweight soft wife wife huh but he should have just left her but he just decided to be a cool guy he knew insurance yeah Anyway, thank you for listening. Join us next time. Yes, thank you so much for all yes, your support. Yes, everything. We love you. Ratings. Join our social media, all yes. of that stuff. Oh we my love gosh. the ratings. They've been fantastic. Yes, it's and so, so nice. nice. Yep. All right. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.